Hey guys, welcome to our program, Small Town World, where we talk about world issues from a small town perspective through a biblical lens. Our aim is to spotlight Jesus Christ and spread his gospel while discussing relevant topics we all face day to day. And today we're going to talk about, um, I think our title is, I titled it, (laughs) Stop Going Through the Motions. So we're going to, and I said that that was maybe a lead up to what gaining personal holiness since we talked about that last week and um service to the kingdom yeah maybe it's just a kind of a practical approach to what that even looks like in your in our lives yeah so why so since we're going to be talking about leadership today and um what a leadership mentality is what leadership actually looks like in our lives. So, uh, say again what you, what the title was. Stop going through the motions. Right. So, how do you connect in your mind? How did you connect going through the motions with a lack of leadership? Well, sometimes even when we're in leadership positions or or service positions in the church, we are just going through the motions. We're not, um, and and even if we're not do, even if we're not in those roles sometimes we're still just going through the motions i think we're just fulfilling the need for the minute right you know um I, i'm going to give an example of uh someone that i know that teaches sunday school a sunday school class and she gets up sunday morning and reads the mm. thing the the leadership manual before her, she goes every sunday that's her Routine. Yeah. That's her preparation is reading the Sunday school manual before she goes. So she's, in my mind, I would say that that's, she's just going through the motions. Right. She's not. So what are some things that you think cause us to get into that kind of um, routine that we're just going through the motions? So I personally think. And not, not necessarily just in church, but just maybe just in life in general or in whatever kind of position we're in what are some things that you think so I do think that it's that it is that uh, coming from the church setting I do see that so in my mind I see it clearly I see that you know 90 percent of the church is going through the motions you know we're doing our little bit for our little family and you know we're good we're good because we're going to church on Sunday and Maybe even we're going on Wednesday night. Maybe we are teaching that Sunday school class and we're getting up and reading our lesson right before. Or, yeah. you know, I've done that. Yeah, I, I, I've done it. And um, and I feel like during those times in my life when I was doing that, I was going through the motions, really. Yeah. It, it wasn't about the relationship with Jesus and building Jesus' kingdom. It was about um, m- me and yeah. doing what I needed to do for that moment and sometimes it was maybe probably to make myself feel good or maybe to make myself look good yeah um that just speaking personally yeah I'm just thinking the word complacency just came to my mind as you were describing that that situation and like you said just us in general how we are prone to be and um so yeah I definitely see that in the church a very I already know this I've already got this I've already done this I already know what to say and so we fall into that I'm arrived kind of mentality, I yeah. think. I've got, yeah, I'm where I need to be. I'm doing right. the right thing. Or things. I'm doing enough. I'm doing enough. Yeah. You know, they're just lucky I took the class. Nobody else wanted to take it. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been there too. I've felt that, totally felt that before. <laughs> They'll just be glad I'm here. Yeah. If they don't like the way that I'm doing it, somebody else can do it. <laughs> right, right. I've thought all those thoughts. I've probably said that too one time. <laughs> yeah. 
So when I was reading through uh, Kayla's uh, mountains of papers and notes that she's given me, um, I found this. I found this this leadership uh, and developing what it's what I, the one that caught my eye that I even started it all was developing a habit. Eighteen mm-hmm. steps to developing a habit, which wasn't even really. Um, part well, it was part of the leadership, but initially that wasn't what I thought. Right. You know, but I thought how exciting. Yeah, to me, that excited. In me. your defense, it's because of the way I write in a notebook. I start on the right side of a paper, a lesson. Yeah. Did you notice that often? And then I'll continue. Instead of turning the page, I'll go back up to the top of the left page and keep working so sometimes it's difficult to tell what goes together and yes what, it was yeah, and when sorry. I went back and figured out I was like you because you said oh that's a leadership lesson I go back two pages and it started off I was like <laughs> oh there it is it is a leadership lesson look and it made so much sense it just put it all together for me yeah. and then I and then you know the and I had saw in a pre another notebook what I what I told you the little circle with the leader yeah. um and we said Serve and love. Serve and love. Yeah. And it was a circle, a never-ending circle, yeah. that a leader is a servant, and I suppose you have to have love to be in those right. roles. Well, it starts with love. Right. So. And it's just, it just continues. If you think yourself a leader, you're really a servant. And if you're a servant, you're displaying love, and that love is going to lead to greater leadership. And that was kind of what that was born out of, that image yeah. that you're talking about. And so many scripture that we found and just went over um says that you know it it talks about that right repeatedly you asked a question in in that wouldn't we want training if we went to fill a new position at work have you ever been chosen for a job or position you knew nothing about have you ever felt ill-equipped or ineffective and then as with most endeavors in life don't be surprised that this journey takes planning and work i want to just go ahead and just give a disclaimer before we get started that um, I told y'all in one of the very first podcasts that I'm on this journey with you. I've not arrived. So this, this lesson is not coming from a place of, um, Oh, I'm great. And I'm there. (laughs) This lesson excited me because those were active things I needed. And I thought those are tools I could implement myself and um, I need that. So, and don't you find that the world's, description of leader I remember when I did this when I prepared this lesson years ago and I compared what the world said the you know strong qualities of a good leader are how to develop those qualities and how they were so counter to what the Bible says and not that there aren't strategies or you know even like the list of developing the habits you know even though there are there are many things like that that we can use in our growing leadership, but the qualities of a leader right, are so different when you're talking about the world's perspective compared to the, the, the leadership qualities that we see um, displayed in the Bible. Do you want me to go through some of those? You, I had wrote them down. Yeah, you, go ahead. You had a list of um, what Forbes magazine said? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read those, um, which this, some uh, of them are did, good. Did you see what year it was? Because I don't remember. I did not see the year. Me neither. Anyway, Didn't see ahead. that. Um, okay, nine qualities of an effective leader in Forbes. I don't know. It did not have the year beside the magazine. Okay, honesty, which that's still, that's, that's always good. Right. Um, communication, sense of humor, ability to delegate, Confidence, a positive attitude, creativity, 
intuition and ability to inspire. I liked all those qualities. Yeah, they're all great qualities. I, I think the the things I'm thinking about are like, um, and maybe it's not necessarily qualities as much as it is the way that we see people climb a ladder. Oh, yeah. Or um, even leaders that we look at that, although a good leader should be honest, in reality, we see oftentimes leaders in corporations, leaders in politics, that isn't necessarily a characteristic that they display. And so I think that although the list describes, you know, what are good qualities, what you would hope to see in a leader, I think what, what the world also teaches is that if you really want to be effective, if you really want to get ahead, if you really want to lead, then you've got to do these other things that um, don't necessarily match up with what we see in Christ, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely, all the time. It's in everything that we watch on TV. It's in everything that we see. Right. It's if you turn on the news, um, even even what we call the good news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a mentality is a way of thinking, a mindset, or a mentality that motivates our goals, our actions. And then you put effective leadership leads to mentoring. Um, how is developing a leader mentality related to developing a servant's heart? How can I pour into others? Uh do you want to read some of that? You well, I just, yeah, I just think that when you start thinking about um, a leader's mentality being related to a servant's heart, you really have to look at Christ because that's where we see that perfectly displayed. And that's one of those things that, and, and it's why his disciples were so taken aback when he washed their feet because they didn't understand because they knew who he was and they understood that he was the king. And, and, and they said they should be washing his feet. Right? Yeah. And then, and, and then for him to, to do it in such a way that um, he didn't try to make them look stupid or feel stupid. He just said, you know, this is, if you want to be, um, a leader in my kingdom, this is what you're going to have to do. And he, he told him, I was do- he said, I'm doing this for an ex- as an example for you. Right, because he wanted them to understand that really that's what he'd been doing all along. He, he All along he had been serving others. And I know one of the stories that I was reminded of was the story when, when he found out that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And he was it said that he tried to he went away to be by himself and the crowd followed him and after the crowd followed him rather than him running or hiding or all the things that he could have done even to say I'm hurting I need some time by myself it said that he um that he healed them and then that's when the feeding of the 5,000 happened. So it was in it was in those moments of grief that he was able to again just display this is what a servant really looks like. This is this is what a leader looks like. But I'm 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 showing you that a, that a leader serves. And so a servant um it's actually the word origin comes from the word slave, but it's the action of helping or doing work for someone, an act of assistance. And when you think about I know in my mind, I often think about a leader as being the one in charge, right? The one that's making sure everything's um, running the way that they want it to, to be run, but, but then stepping back or maybe sitting above and watching to make sure. Um, I think that that's such a misconception because we see in Christ that 
he never did that. He um, always led his disciples by example. And because of that, then we get to follow that same example as as servants. Yeah. Um, you had some, I think, probably qualities that you wrote down, authenticity, mentoring, and leadership. Yeah. So, I don't know, authenticity to me just seems to be such a prevalent uh, word right now, such a, a something that we should really be focusing on. I know it mm-hmm. is for me because I see what the lack of it has caused. Yeah. And, um, and I think about how recognizable it is in others when you see authentic love, when you see authentic truth. Um, and we, we know it's just a genuineness. It's, it's being real for people. It's when you say you're one thing, then be that thing. If you say you represent Christ, then represent Christ. But the, so the actual definition says, uh, genuineness, bona fide, legitimacy, validity, um, undisputed origin. I love that. Um, made or done in the tradition or or original way or in a way that faithfully resembles an original. And so when we're talking about being that that kind of leader like Christ, then we're talking about faithfully resembling an original and the original being Christ. Um, I liked that you went to the mentoring place because that... Um, so not that I want to be a mentor. I've been praying for a mentor. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Um, a a mentor advises, trains, gives guidance to, to coach, counsel, lead, guide, pilot, shepherd, show, or tutor and reference in which an experienced person assists another. Um, an older woman, I, you know, and I, I know I'm not young, (laughs) but I, yeah. I think so. that's part of the lead, serve, love kind yeah. of connection, too, because yeah. um, I just think about my pastor's wife and how because of the way she mentored me yeah. in my early years, and, and I still look to her in that capacity as well as some other women in my life, but what it has allowed me to do is then come behind them and be that for somebody else. Yeah. And um, that, that we're holding one hand out for our mentor, but we're also reaching the other hand back to pick someone up as we are being leaders in the church. Yeah. So leadership is just a position as the leader of a group, but you also have the capacity to lead if you're in leadership, the ability to lead, um, to be the one in charge, the one who convinces other people to follow. I thought that was interesting. Um, a great leader inspires confidence in others and moves them to action. And I think that that's a great lead-in to what um, what you did a little bit of research on where it says uh, the capacity to lead and the ability to lead. And I, lead. And I think that that's maybe where um, part of our issues come in mm-hmm. because, as as you said just a moment ago, I'm not looking to be a mentor. I'm looking for someone to mentor me. Yeah. When, when, if you really evaluated yourself rightly, you would see that I do have a lot to offer to a younger woman that I could mentor. Yeah. And so she'd have to be really young. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really. But, but that's not true because talk a little bit about what you did. Yeah. Some that's what, yeah. I, that's what I'm talking about. That place where we think that that can't be me. Yes. I'm not, I'm not that person. 
Yeah, so uh, I listened to a psychologist today. His name is Adam Grant. He's a professor at Wharton University. He's an author. And he spoke about um, the imposter syndrome and imposter thoughts. He said more women have these than these thoughts than men, and they're basically thoughts of inadequacy or thoughts of self-doubt. So he said um, it's people who feel like they're maybe a fraud or they're not competent in their job or a role in life. They've maybe been promoted to a position that they don't feel like they can adequately feel. He said the actual syndrome is debilitating and that most 90%, 95% of people don't have the actual syndrome. They just have those thoughts of self-doubt. And he said many, many people suffer suffer with the imposter thoughts. Um, But what they found is that those thoughts of self-doubt often are healthy to a point. Um, They cause people to strive harder to do better and, um, you know, push forward. He said they rise to the challenge. Imposter thoughts can motivate you to rise to the occasion, to seek wise advice. He said people who have those thoughts often seek out uh, experts in the field. Um, They're better, they're more active listeners, and they strive to give it their all and do their best. So he said we're... um, Oh, yeah. He said um, most people have a reluctance to lead, but he said that the imposter thoughts actually make people a more effective leader. So can you see that? Can you see the that in the church? Can you see the benefit of that for someone who may be feeling um, like it's it's time for me to go a little deeper, go a little higher, however you want to say it. It's time for me to to press in, to begin to fulfill this role that God has called me to. And, okay, what do I, what do, I do now? Because I don't feel qualified. So how can that, that syndrome, that mentality help someone that's in that position of leadership? Because obviously we're talking about all of us that are still struggling to try to figure out how to do this. Yeah, right? I think so, it's, I think this is so applicable to pretty much everybody in, in church. I don't, yeah. I mean, don't you? I see that. There's very few people who think they're, you know, oh, I'm great at this. I'm this great is at this. I need to be doing right. Because if you're if you're following that person, then maybe, you know, yeah. yeah. I just think how humility yes. keeps us in that place where we're continuing to seek advice, we're continuing to yeah. seek counsel, we're continuing to um, try to get as much information as we possibly can. We are, um, you know, continuing to to pursue what that even looks like for us in our in our walk because you know the moment that we think oh yeah I'm great at this might be the very moment that we're about to fall because yeah he and he talked about after after he talked about this he talked about people with over you know that are overconfident um and he like one extreme or the other yeah uh, but most people are in this middle ground and right. that's what he was saying there are extremes there are people who have the debilitating imposter thought imposter syndrome and then there are the people that are overconfident and think you know they're amazing and they shouldn't <laughs> right <laughs> or, those or thoughts. I, I just, you know we were talking a moment ago about like what makes us hesitant to to step in those places you know but then I'm thinking if if I know that that's even something that I'm being called to or I, I, I want to pursue or just the acknowledgement that as Christ followers, we're, we're really called into that whether we want to or not. I mean, that's the bottom line. We that can, is the bottom line. We can say, I'm not, that's not for me. I'm not in that place. But in actuality, we all are. 
We all are called. Yeah. But to know that I need help, I need to study, I need to prepare. I think it's in that place where we begin to think, I know how to do this, or I'm skilled at this, or, you know, all those things when we when we get a little bit confident. Because even, so like you were saying about the overconfidence, I think we can get a little overconfident in a situation or in a moment. It doesn't necessarily mean that we always think that we're that way, but it's the same effect as that we usually aren't as prepared. Yeah. You know what I mean? I it's like when I, when I know I don't know, then I am diligent to prepare. I'm diligent to um, press in. I'm diligent to listen. I'm diligent to seek advice. When I think I already know, then I, I'm not prepared or I don't think I need to be as prepared. And then there you are. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know where that scripture is. I don't know whatever, whatever, because I thought I, I thought I already had this or I thought yeah. I already knew. Yeah. Yeah. Which is my, which is really my point about us all today going through the motions. I I think that's where that came to, that's why it came to me because I've been in that place and I've been that going through the motions person and I've been the, maybe the over, overconfident. I I thought I had this thing. And, um, I think I was, you know, like I said, delusional, really, honestly, really self deluded, really, uh, Thank the Lord that he took me out of that place. And I just want to help others get out of it. Yeah. And I think too, sister, that it, it we find ourselves um, having to fight against that. So like so many other things that we have to continue to be on guard against because it's so, it's so easy to fall back into. <laughs> yeah. I think about times that I've been, you know, so when we travel and do missions and we're in, you know, sometimes up to three churches a day, yeah. realistically, we've been in, three churches a day, the next day you're back at it, you're on the road, you're, and you get to the place where you think you know what you're going to say. And, you know, and I've had to check myself many times because I, I would be sitting there about to speak and, you know, I, I allowed that overconfidence or even that dull emotion, you know, because you can get dulled from being in church a lot and that 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 dullness keeps us from, seeking the Lord's face, seeking to hear his voice, seeking his word to see what he's trying to tell us. And so I say all that because I think that sometimes we have this misconception that people that are what appear to be walking faithfully with the Lord or who appear to be in positions of leadership in the church don't still struggle with those things. And they do. Yeah. We are all susceptible to um, forgetting where our source of help comes from we are all susceptible to forgetting that we are just broken vessels servants servants. that are at the lord's disposal and so as leaders i think that we have to continue to have that servant mindset that servant we're talking about how does that develop a servant's heart because the relation is i can't effectively be a leader in god's kingdom if i don't have a servant's heart and so that's the correlation between the two, because yeah. if I, I can have a leader's mentality all day long, but if it isn't connected and developing that servant's heart, then I am ineffective for the kingdom. Yeah. Or if you have not love. Yeah. Which, you know, is born out of that servant's heart. Yes. Do we want to read some scripture? Yeah. Go ahead and start. Uh, we talked about Jesus washing the disciples feet. That's 
the John 13. In John 13, 15, and 16, he says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say unto you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Um, we looked at the... In Mark, he told them, in Mark 9, 35, he sit, and he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and a servant of all. Kayla had wrote, she said, no, I think it's 10, 35. And so I went and looked at 9, 35, and it said what I said, and then she went and looked at 10, 35, and it said basically the exact same thing because he had to tell them twice right, in a row, because two times it, in a row. <laughs> even after that where he sits them down, I, yeah. I just... Where he sits as a teacher, I can just envision that, okay, I really need to tell you something. I need your attention. Come sit right here in front of me so I can tell you. And then them get up and go back to their desk and ask me the same question. Yeah. And that's almost essentially what they did to Jesus. He he sat them down, had this conversation, and then some sometime a little bit later, two of his disciples say, James and John say, um, teacher, we want you to do this for us, whatever we ask. And so Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, grant us that we may sit one at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. And Jesus has to essentially, he explains to them that that's not his position to give. But he says, he has to say the same thing to them. He says in 44, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave to all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And again, I think that just reiterates the point we were making a moment ago, that we have to be told, and then we have to be told again, and then we have to be told again, that we are yeah. we are never at a place where we can forget or take for granted that we are called to be servants. Or that we've arrived. Yeah. Galatians 5.13, For you are called to liberty, which is freedom, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So when you, what are some ways that you feel like, you know, because we say these phrases again and again, and, that, and they are common phrases in the church, and even phrases that we've continued to use today when we're saying serve one another. So when you hear serve one another, what are some things that come to your mind or some ways that we can serve one another? Um. So, and you know, a while ago I was saying that about so many of us going through the motions. There are some people who, in our in our own community, who get up and work at the food bank on Saturday morning, and um, they get up and do the comfort corner. You guys go and sing. Uh, well, you can't because of COVID now, but y'all would go and sing at the nursing home. Um, those those things are so beautiful and wonderful. I think in my mind, and and just because it's on my mind now but it's I think bringing people in um I like you know do you remember when we were a kid used to go have visitation yeah yeah <laughs> used to go visit people and sit and talk with them and right. develop relationships with people we don't do that we don't no. have visitation anymore you don't go visit people in the community you don't go talk to people in the community right. um we're just not we're just not actively seeking to win people for the kingdom right. I guess and I, th I think it's interesting that you said that because, you know, sometimes we think that serving only looks like doing acts yeah. for someone else. But um, when, you, when you were just talking about going out and visiting to bring people in, that that is such an act of service because it, it is love that compels us. It is love that 
um, I just think about when Jesus, when it says Jesus was moved with compassion, that is one of the most beautiful expressions of compassion that we can show to someone. Um, sometimes they can't hear us until we feed them. Sometimes they can't hear us until we make sure they're clothed. Sometimes they can't hear us talk about Jesus when they've got a sick baby until we sit with them and pray with them or bring the medicine or, um, hold and rock their kid while they're crying. I mean, you know, sometimes it takes those acts of service, but all of those things are for the purpose of making sure they know who Jesus is. And so I love that you brought that point out because that is the ultimate act of a servant, right? Because even in Jesus, he was so hesitant at times to do miracles in places. He was so hesitant at times to really show who he really was because he did not want them to be distracted by the miracle. Right. He didn't want them to be distracted by the fact that he just fed them or that he just healed them of their disease. But his compassion compelled him because he could, he, he was moved by compassion by the state that they were in. But his heart was that they knew the Father. Right. His heart was that they come to accept that he was going to be, he was their Savior. He was God come in the flesh. He he needed them to know that. Um, but he also knew that they can't see that if they're hungry. And so he was compelled to feed them and then tell them who he and was. Um, and so we, st- we still see that today, that there are people that they need to know that they are loved before they can hear us say, Jesus loves you and he wants you. Um, but sometimes that's just a conversation and just getting involved in, in people's lives and um, hearing what's going on in their family. And like you said, we just don't take the time to do that anymore. No, we don't. And I'm not saying I'm... Again, I'm not there. Right. I just want to be there. Right. I'm Me just, too. I'm just praying to get there and yeah. to be that person. Um, just trying. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Learning, growing, and trying. Yeah. So, Well, thank you guys for being with us today. We're going to talk some more about this next week. We've got a whole, whole nother little section <laughs> about, um, like I said, developing habits, qualities, and leadership. Um and um, making a plan and being deliberate and all of those things. So we'll go over that next week and we, the timer's going off. (laughs) We thank you guys so much for being with us today and we'll see you next time.